right, everybody. Welcome back. Another week of Nitty Gritty. Hold on. Is it post-Christmas? Mm-hmm. It's post-Christmas. It is. Hope you all had a great Christmas. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, because we're Monday, so we're four days away. We're, we're getting close on our end when we recorded it. Yeah. Anyways, this episode was, it was really fun. Um, it was Bobby Heaney, one of Cam's friends from a long time. Yep, I've known Bobby forever. She married one of my best buddies, and Brandon she, Heaney. She is a a NICU, not NICU. Not NICU. COVID ICU nurse. Right, she nurse is practitioner, a nurse practitioner. Which and, is a big deal, in case you didn't deal. know. And she works in, we, we're, we're not saying the which hospital, but one of the larger Utah hospitals in the COVID ICU. Yep. And she's been there since September, October. Yep. And for us, I think it was just wanting to get information from the source, right? Like, Correct. It, we really got to ask a lot of the questions that I think most I think I of asked us, every question, every myth question yeah. that I could think of. And it was, I, I think we, I learned a lot. I mean, and, and kind of gained a, a new perspective on things based on what sh- her, you know, based on her experiences over the last few months. Well, what I like is she's just, and she's very open. She's like, this is my experience. She's not trying to be the voice of medical research, right? Like she's like, this is me. This is my experience. I'll tell you what I think. And it doesn't go beyond that. Right. It wasn't overbearing one way or the other. No. Like she understand. I mean, she just, what I liked about what she said was, were some of the most effective tools that we have against this right now are very simple things to do. And it's true. It's good to get that reminder because there are a lot of us that are really fighting the mask thing hard still and every, and so I think that those are really good reminders. We talked about the vaccine. She, yep. she is a week into it has had no side effects. Well, and I mean, even some of the other stories is happens with us on the podcast is we'll talk a lot before and after, right? you know, but she's talking about walking around her floor and, you know, patients are there and they're, you know, on ventilators, they can't breathe and they're there for weeks and they're alone, right. you know, like, so she's, she is experiencing like the worst side of COVID. this, right? And so, and so for her maintaining the outlook that she has, I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, Bobby's always been, she's a very strong person, but it, it is, it was also interesting to kind of find out who is in the ICU. You know, I just expected to be a bunch of geezers. Oh gosh. Right. But it's not like she's saying, you know, once you hit a certain age, if, if, if you're, if there's a threat of you dying from COVID, you don't want to die in, in, in ICU. So they're dealing with younger people. She said, what, 30 to 70 on yeah. average. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really, really cool. And it's cool think, of her to come down. She did. She yeah. Kind of felt uncomfortable. She didn't want to like, right. Put a spotlight on her. I did have to her. kind of talk her into this. You know, you know so, she's very humble that way, but, but it was awesome. Yeah. I think it's really cool for us to kind of get a real sense of what is happening and maybe kind of re what's the word I'm looking for. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I think of the damn word? Something like we need to like, not just cause the vaccines here, we can't let our guard down. Like, uh, I think we're on the home stretch. And I think she kind of alluded to that. Maybe not the home stretch. Well, but no, she said there, there is a light at, the, light end of the, at the end of the tunnel, but we're a long ways away. Right. Well, and I don't know what a long ways away means, but I think we still need to keep doing what we can do. Yep. 
And so really cool episode. Hope you love it. Hope you had a great Christmas. Merry Christmas. Um, subscribe. Please share, please. Remember to check out. Use our nitty gritty codes. Pretty much, I think the easiest way to do this is like, if you find a guest that has a product that you like, at least just try nitty gritty. There's a good chance that that code will work for you. And if it's not. At some level. We can get it pretty easy. That's true. Yeah, message us. Tell us something really nice about our podcast (laughs) in public and we'll send you a code. All right, guys. Thank you. All right. Welcome to the nitty gritty. I'm Thank actually, you. I'm really excited to have a very good friend of mine in here today. It's true. Bobby Heaney. This is going to be A-P- good. APRN, I just found out. There's registered We're nurses. We're really good friends. Then there's just AP registered nurses. <laughs> but I did just find something out about you that I didn't know, hanging mm-hmm. out with. So one of my best friends is Bobby's husband, Brandon. And he told me that you are currently working in... The COVID, how do we call it? The IC, the mm-hmm. COVID ICU, mm-hmm. or yeah, at one of Utah's larger hospitals. Yeah, we're gonna keep it a little hush hush. <laughs> but um, man, I, I mean, I knew you worked where you worked, but I didn't know that you were doing that. And so, yeah. an hour after he left, you know, we all got together and ate lunch. The fantasy football boys the mm-hmm. other day. And about an hour after you left, I texted you because I was like, "This, I think this would be such a cool episode with everything going on. Just, I don't know. Just It'll to be kind really of cool to get uh, this kind of perspective. Right. I, mean, I haven't spoken to anybody that's doing what you're doing. Yeah. Right. Like we talked about it. We get our information from the news and the internet. The news is a strong term nowadays. <laughs> like I don't even think they deserve to be called that anymore. No. I mean, they're like a step up from TMZ. Right, I and don't then, watch the news. And then, yeah, yeah you can't. Like, and then every scientist on Instagram that thinks that they know, you can always everything. find. You can always find what you're looking for. And that's kind of mm-hmm. true. Yes and no, but I think I think I think the other problem with COVID is it came on an election year, and so it was politicized, which makes it even crazier. And so I don't know. I think we're at that point right now where the current thing's the vaccine, right? And so it's so interesting to see how, what's the word I'm looking for, Andrew? Divisive? Yeah, divisive. That's perfect. The vaccine is. So I don't know. I just thought it would be kind of cool to pick your brain and sure. kind of see what's going on. But so, so how, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask, how long have you been, one, a nurse, mm-hmm. and then two, in this specific unit? Yeah. So um, my normal job is in the outpatient clinics. And I want to say starting in September, I volunteered to be redeployed to the hospital to essentially train for a couple months on COVID, with COVID, learning how the hospital works. Um, And then with the, like we expected the surge, which happened uh, to kind of be there to help out. So I've been there since September. Okay. The, Are you talking like Thanksgiving, like holiday surge? Uh, you know well, just or winter. No, kind of like the back to school things oh. start opening up. It's just like been a steady trend, if you will. Right. Um, and oh, the agreement was through kind of mid spring, and so right now uh, we're still waiting to hear like about February if I'll be there. But the plan is through this month and January. So you volunteered to do that? Yeah. 
Why? <laughs> I guess uh, I'm all about like learning opportunities, and okay. when again in my lifetime would I get this opportunity? But I also am a team player. I like to be helpful. Yeah. Um, yeah. So potentially there through like okay. spring, end of spring. And so how long have you been working as a nurse? Okay, so I was I worked as a nurse. So currently, I'm working as a nurse practitioner, different from a nurse. I've been an NP for five years. What's the difference? I'm sorry, I don't know the difference. Oh, I, I probably just, I actually I hate probably this just offended you. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not offended. So I'm not offended. You're lucky I you can't see behind problem. her mask right now. She's like that son of a bitch. <laughs> so, um, okay. So I went to three more years of school, okay. have a doctorate degree, but now I can essentially evaluate, diagnose, and treat. Okay. So um, as a nurse practitioner under the license that I have. Okay. RNs can't do that. So I would say it's similar to a PA. Right. If you're familiar with that. Yep. So when I see my patients in an outpatient clinic, um, like they're my patients, I'm... You can write prescriptions for them. Diagnosing and treating. Uh For all intents and purposes, you're their doctor. They're coming to see you. They're Mm -hmm. only seeing you. Yeah. Right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Got it. So. And so how long is... So you've been doing that for how long? Five years. Five years. Mm -hmm. And then this opportunity to kind of transition to the hospital came? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's so many questions. This is going to be so Ask away. Just don't ask questions she hates. (laughs) Like that last one. I'm one for one. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Being in the space you're in, mm-hmm. when Corona started, January, February, March, what were your thoughts on it? Okay. Like, were you ex- like, what were you experiencing that people who aren't in your field weren't maybe at that time? Yeah, it's actually really funny. So, and it, it's a little hazy too. It's almost. It probably seems like ten years ago. Yeah, it's a little. It does seem so long ago. I remember. Man. I remember I was at a dinner with my sister, and we left the dinner, and I was like, "Nobody's talking about coronavirus. Like that's my life right now." So in so February March we were in the planning phases of rolling out testing in the outpatient clinics. working a lot, answering a ton of questions and the rest of the world, just like it hadn't reached them yet. And then all of a sudden March and everything else. So my point is, is I went to Costco like a month before everyone else did. <laughs> like I, I was never there an have hour to say, before everybody else. You did. started the toilet paper craze. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I was in Costco an hour and a half before they announced Rudy Gobert. Were you really? Yep. Because I was supposed to cater for the Pelicans that night. Oh, yeah. So I knew about the NBA canceling mm. the season before they announced it. And so we went to Costco to like, because I'm like, everyone's going to make a run on this place. Honey, we're going on a date. Yeah. And we were stocking up at Costco. And I'm not kidding. It was, we were just about done. About 20 minutes before we finished, they announced the NBA season was canceling. And for some reason, that was everybody's like, that was it's real. It's real. When, right? when Rudy got it, right. it sh- literally shut the world down. Mm-hmm. Oh, and dude, I, I kid you not. When we were checking out, the flow of traffic coming into the store quadrupled. It was it was just like that. Yeah. It was wild. So anyway. Like, where were you guys getting information from? So um, the epidemiologists at 
wherever from across the country. Okay. So I would say for me, for the most part across the board, I trust medical people. <laughs> I don't have like... That's and, crazy. <laughs> right? It really is. I feel like it is crazy for the general population. I trust their opinions. I don't think, um, yeah. And so I was listening to this and I believed them. I was doing my own research, but I was also part of a healthcare organization and it's better to prepare, right? Than just like, and oh, so we were sure. preparing and yeah. we were, I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, I was never... And I, to this date, I don't think, like, I've never been scared of the virus personally. I, um, but if you can mitigate it by doing some simple things, in my opinion, like, why not? Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> Just kidding. That, but isn't that, it's funny, like, to hear it come from Bobby... It, it's funny that those two simple things that she just said are the two biggest, like, the most divisive parts of the whole thing, right? Like wearing masks, that's a simple thing to mitigate it. People yeah. fight it like crazy, right? And people don't believe epidemiologists, but they believe people on Instagram. Well, hold, hold on. You know what I mean? Let's talk about that because part of the issue, I believe, we talked about this before we started, is you can always find what you're looking for. Yeah. And so you're, you've also found medical experts that it's hard to tell if they are or aren't right that are yes. each playing the two different sides yeah. right like masks help no they don't right. you know the virus is real no it's not mm-hmm. and so that was and still to this day is the hardest thing because like i really like information mm-hmm. but it feels like it's so hard to know where to turn for it when everything is being discredited mm-hmm. and then the only people a lot of people at least that you do hear from end up skewing towards one of the mm-hmm. two sides. Well, and, and I think that's where the politics comes in, right? Cause it has kind of that line has been drawn, you know, people that are anti-mask generally fit a, a you know, political for sure. for sure. You know, no, I don't, I agree completely. It is very hard to know what is true and what's right. And I, would say that's why every person's kind of landed where they've landed because they've got to like eventually decide for yourself. Um, The virus is real. The virus is not like other viruses. It's just not. For some people, it's really not that bad. Actually, for a lot of people, the majority of people. But for the people I'm taking care of in the hospital, it's terrible. And there are worse outcomes than death. So maybe the death rate right now, they're predicting like 0.5%, right? right? Which is less than the Spanish flu, but more than the yearly flu, you know? Um, That's an interesting phrase though. There are things worse than death. I don't think we're talking about that. So because we're looking at it in that very black and white, like there's only this many people dying, right? That's the number people are looking at, but that's interesting. Like what you just said yeah. is there are, so are there long-term yeah. permanent? And I don't think we have any clue. And I think it's going to range from even minor infections. They've done studies on athletes already um, that, you know, there are some changes in their heart and their heart muscle, even with kind of asymptomatic or wow. uh, very mild infections to um, being in the ICU, intubated, end up recovered, don't need 
to be on a respirator or anything, but now you have chronic lung dysfunction or oh. fibrosis and your life will never look the same. So what do you feel when people say it's the flu? What do I feel? Like, does it make you mad or is no. it just like, do you know what? That's okay. You just don't understand. Like, yeah. So again, uh, I, I get that everybody has to live their life and I see the, the consequences, right. Of businesses and people out of work and all of these things. So I don't, I don't know what the right answer is. Either way we would have gone would have been the wrong answer. Right. <laughs> like it doesn't really matter. And so, that's but I agree, true. like, yeah, if we would have said, let it fly, like that's going to get butchered too. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, so what was your question? <laughs> just like when people to say like, it's just the flu, like oh, someone some in the medical it professional, is. is it like, for some people, it is. We've known this with other viruses as well. There can be some long-term sequelae. I don't know if you've heard the term like long COVID long haulers now where you kind of, you know, so your immune system is activated and it can trigger other like autoimmune stuff. And I think we're going to get a lot more information in the years to come about that from this specific virus. And maybe it was, uh, it triggered the immune system differently or in a, I could be way off there, <clears throat> but for some people, it is just the flu. But like for some people, you know, I have a brother-in-law who had a very minor infection, but he has maybe 20% of his taste back two right. months later. Right. Like that would suck. Yeah. I would really, you know. Yeah, I have a friend that's three months, like three and a half months so far. She has nothing back. Like totally fine. Yeah. But nothing. Like so no it, taste or smell. Do you think part of kind of the panic around it has been just we don't know anything about it yeah like do you think it's just like we just have no idea what to expect from this thing yeah and you don't know i think part of the panic is when the there are very very sick patients and yes is that a small percentage of the total covid people yes but is that going to be you it's a possibility because that's the other thing is nobody can nobody knows why some people are getting way more sick than others so there's still no headway on that just no, kind of i being mean able the comorbidities thing is a big one the what comorbidities okay um i don't know what that is under so like, like other sicknesses yeah okay i mean obesity is a bad why'd you look at me when you said that well and i actually pointed at you <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm sorry no what's funny you though already had no, 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 no. <laughs> this is the this is why i love bobby like she would say that and i love it <laughs> well but it's also the but truth it, yeah, and it, I don't know. It's weird when you say it doesn't hurt my feelings. <laughs> she I just keeps it real. You are one of the most like refreshing people to be around. I've always <laughs> said that. Like just anyway, it's hilarious. Um, I know when I got it, I will admit I was kind of freaking out because like my taste and smell went away. Mm -hmm. But that was about it. Like it never, I was really fatigued for about seven or eight days. Like I just wanted to lay there and just, but I, I wasn't achy. I didn't have a fever. didn't have yeah. a sore throat. It was just... No taste or smell and just really tired. Like I've had colds that were 10 times worse than that. Mm -hmm. But, but again, like I've always had a pretty good immune system and, but yeah, I, yeah. I will admit based off of hearing those things, it's like, holy crap. And I, and that was, that was one of the questions I wanted to ask you is how many people are you? Obviously, if somebody's coming into the ICU, you know, mm -hmm. they've leveled up to some sick, they've got to be in there. Right. But how many people, and maybe you don't know this, but how many people come into the hospital just based off of fear? 
Like they know that they tested positive. Yeah. They may not be feeling much, but they may have obesity, you know, or another issue, right? And they yeah. they want to be re- checked into the hospital because they're just scared. Mm, I don't think anybody has wants to be checked into the hospital. Uh, I think those patients are being seen more in the outpatient world, urgent care, virtual visit. Okay. This is a very psychological, emotional, sure. mental disease. And it has created a ton of anxiety. Like people describe, you know, I was just sitting around waiting to stop breathing. Like that's a horrible feeling. And then they were fine, you know, like, but even just the thought and the uh, ruminating on this idea is horrible. I can't imagine. Um, But no, I think the medical, like, I think people are actually a little bit scared of the medical system in general. And this is the really hard part about working with COVID if you do go into the hospital like your grandpa, like you will not be able to see family. You go sure. alone. I was, you just said, and like, you don't know if you're getting out of there. Like it's it well, is. That's the thing. Like worse than death. Like so, we experienced that this weekend. My mom had to take my grandma to the hospital and drop him off at the yeah. front door and drop her off. And you're just someone who's right. having a hard time breathing, who's old, yeah. who's getting Ugh. worse, and it's just like. I don't know if I'm going to see you again. Yeah. Right? Like, and that's, I think those are the things that are worse than death sometimes Mm -hmm. is that unknown, right? And that's the precautions that you have to take at the hospital. Now we're requiring those types of things to happen, you know? So those are, I feel like, almost like the secondary. Yeah. Well, seniors in general, like my my grandma, who's like, I mean, she's kind of like my mom. Like, we're very close. Mm Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in person in eight months. Yeah. Like, and I go over there once a week. Like, she's at a nursing home, and now they're to the point where they'll let you visit her in like the, like the waiting room. Yeah, like the like the end. Like, she's in a nice nursing home. They yeah. just have like a little living room, right? Yeah. And so it's downstairs away from everybody else. But if you want to take her to go out on some outing, she's locked in a room for. 14 days like when she comes back even if it's like let's go get ice cream for 20 minutes and i think that that's god so unfortunate because a lot of them especially with memory issues at that age it's almost like every day they have to be reminded totally like how come nobody's coming to visit me Mm -hmm. i guess maybe that helps them too though like nobody's visited me for six months they can't remember that (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah i mean it's it sucks there's no easy answer for sure uh yeah. And I would, I, I often go back to like, it's not about you. Like, for sure. Yes, you want to be with grandma and you want to take grandma out, but now you're reintroducing grandma to all these other people. Like, at that point, right. it's not about grandma. It's about, you know, everybody all these else other people who there. are high risk. So it's just, uh, and everybody has to, yeah, then find where that fits for them. Right. Well, and, and there's ways around it, right? I mean, there's ways to, you just have to be creative. I mean, we're lucky to live in a time where we have FaceTime and where we have, mm-hmm. you know, these other ways of communicating with people. I mean, imagine if this was 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when there is no Zoom and people not being Five able to go to work. Ago. Like, yeah, if you didn't go to work, you know, if you shut an office down 10 years ago, you really shut an office. I mean, companies go away. Yeah. So, I mean, there, uh, I mean, Amazon, UPS, FedEx, like... Yeah, we haven't really had to suffer that much if you think about it, right? Well, some people have. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, as far as our daily lives, what we're used to doing, being really affected by COVID, it's we've we've still lived pretty comfortable. 
that's I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it sucks if you have to quarantine at home with your family, but you can still order food. You can still have just about anything on earth delivered to your house. Like, no, I hear what you're saying. You know what I mean? So it could be way, way worse. But the thing that I'm interested in is, is are you seeing a change or an increase in knowledge of as far as how to treat it or getting the data that you need to kind of know I know who's affected how are are you seeing any of that or feeling any of that or do you feel like we're still kind of exactly where we were six months ago medically on yeah what we know I know so I can't say I sit at home every night and read the latest article but uh from I'm I'm we're pretty much the same place we were there are no we've been using two of the same drugs pretty standard for sick patients requiring oxygen in the hospital and there is a little bit of a um, decreased mortality with these but it's not a big one it's not like if i do this they're going to get better right right and so that's what actually is really hard is um Kind of like I describe it like in the outpatient world, at least what I've heard is it's kind of a roller coaster ride. Like you think you're feeling better one day and the next day you've got a headache and you're in bed again. And then the next day you feel a little better. And it's the same with these patients in the hospital. They're just on this roller coaster ride and it doesn't matter. Um, There's no rhyme or reason for why one day. And I mean, that's simplifying it, but uh, why one day they get a lot worse and then you see them get a little bit better but it's not this like straight line up or down it's just this like right and, and it, they may look better one day and then all of a sudden yeah and then the next day they two steps backwards yeah the next. yeah and it's just a long yeah and it's a lot longer so yeah. are you seeing a general age group or i mean i th- i think we all are pretty familiar with those that are dying at least at least where we find out about it, like they generally say like 65 to 84, 45 to 64. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing a group that is affected more than the other? Or is it is it is it generally senior citizens that are passing away with it? Or is so, it all over the place? Keep in mind, how old was your grandma or grandpa? She's almost 90. Okay. So we we rarely see the old, old people because they've either chosen to kind of, hey, I'm going to go on comfort care or just like do what you can for me, but yeah. I don't want to go and die in a hospital, right? For sure. Um, That's interesting. So our, that. yeah, so our patients who we are, who are needing intensive care, they're kind of the ones that we hope have like- They have more life to live. They, yeah. Okay. I mean, that's not criteria that anybody like admits or doesn't admit on. Right. So don't get me wrong. I'm just saying from my experience, it is more like mid eighties occasionally, but I would say mostly like uh, late thirties to mid seventies. Wow. So, I mean, that kind of runs the gamut. I mean, that's, that's surprising. I honestly thought I would hear that it was mostly elderly I mean, you're people. not going to, like, you have an 88-year-old and they're getting worse. And it's like, hey, do you want me to intubate and do everything I can and put grandma on life support because that's what she needs to live? Most, like... Oh, my grandma would say, you put that... Thing, you, you take me out to a field. I want to see sun. I want to be happy. Yeah. I am you know, not going like, to a I'm damn just, hospital. I'm 90 years old. Things are great. Like, and the chances of grandma surviving, like, yes, well, can we keep her alive with this? but the chance for ever being able to get off of it, you know? Sure. So those convert, like it's kind of a, 
Interesting. See, that's something that I don't think any of us have ever thought of is that I think most people, if you were to ask them, who do you think the ICU, like who's in the ICU right now with COVID? They're going to say old, a bunch of old people. But it sounds like that's, I, I never thought of the whole, once you hit a certain age, it's like, I'm not going to go get hooked up in the hospital. Like if it gets bad, it gets bad. Like I've lived a great life and we'll just roll the dice. It's more people that, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, are, you know, still have years ahead of them mm -hmm. and they want to fight it. So that's, that's really interesting to me. I've, I didn't think about that at all. So when Corona started, you were still doing mainly outpatient care. Yeah. So in March, I helped roll out all the testing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so number wise, just going off of that, I mean, numbers then, I mean, especially here in Utah are very different than yeah. what we're looking at now, right? Mm -hmm. like, I remember the huge spikes in Utah. I don't think we ever had more than like a 200 Isn't it positive funny to think case that I day? had to close for nine weeks with numbers that were literally 10% of what right. we're putting out a day now. I mean, it was, it was it's a wild couple hundred at max and I don't think we ever had more than like, and this is this is what's so hard is everyone just becomes a number, uh -huh. right? Because people can just quote it. It's like, eh, five deaths. Like, no, those are five people. For sure. You know, but it just becomes these numbers that people quote. And a lot of that's the media. Like, I hate KSL every day. That's their headline. This many infected, this many, this many died. It's like a running stat. Yeah. Which... Oh, I just, I've never liked it. I think it's such a, I mean, you do have to tell people, I think it's important for us to know if we're making a dent or if it's going up, but it just, it, it, what do you think we're about desensitized that? to it, I think. And that's sad. Yeah. At this point, I think we are. So numbers, uh, so for instance, like the KSL number, like the total cases that yeah. day, like 10 to 14 days from that number is when I'll see you in the hospital. So like numbers wise, it for us, it's important, right? For sure. Because we see a percentage of those people. Okay. Um, put a link, like keep keep a link pin to the top of KSL. You <laughs> not know, to, the, to not the, the Utah the COVID number, like because they update that website every day, right? But don't make it a headline. I don't know. There's just something about it being a headline every single day that just, it does it. No, I think it, people it cheapens stop. it. Yeah, that's fair. The number that has always like stood out to me, like you're saying, so in March, it was like one in 1,000 people had an active case at any moment, yeah. right? As of last Wednesday, it was like one in 57. So, and then over Thanksgiving, it was right around like one in 20 and one in 30. So in my mind, I'm like, wow. okay, I go to a party and there's 20 people. I know at least one of those is going to have an active infection, my point is, is it, it computes a little bit better. And I, that's the headline I think we need. So this week it's one in 57. So, um, well, this was last Wednesday and that will be updated and hopefully that continues to trend. There is a trend down. I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah look at, I mean, KSL, it is just, <laughs> but every Utah family has 60 people in their family, you know, like, <laughs> that's a very good point. Like just numbers wise, no matter what anybody says, one person will be, you know, and sure. so that's, that's how you can determine, I guess, a little bit of your risk. So I'm going to ask a hard question. You don't have to answer. We can edit it out. Let's, I want to hit some of like the, the urban myths, if you will, of Corona in those hospitals, okay. how everyone who's kind of <laughs> against Corona is like, Oh, these numbers are all inflated. Mm -hmm. These cases Hospital aren't are real. Empty. 
hospital beds are empty. This death isn't even a Corona death. They died of something else. They're just doing it for money. Like, and if you, if you can't answer, I'm fine, but I'm just curious, like, is there any truth to any of that? Or is that just crap? So, uh, to me, that's crap. Okay. Um, and that's because I trust the organization I work for totally. Um, yes. Do we test every single person that comes in the hospital for, for coronavirus? Yeah. Coronavirus, like say um, they died of a heart attack, but also had coronavirus and we're calling it coronavirus. Like nobody will ever know what it like, but yes, they had coronavirus when they died of a heart attack. Like it, the virus and viruses do this. Like it is hypercoagulable. It makes you. I don't know what that means. So it's I just like, went cross. <laughs> it's like, a, so it can it increase. Um, it's like a increase your clotting ability, okay. which is heart attacks, right. strokes, yeah. um, blood clots. So the heart attack may not have happened had you not had COVID. I mean, or maybe clearly there was some the plaque there and maybe an unhealthy lifestyle. But yes, the sure. inflammation from a virus, which is what all the symptoms are from. Um, exactly. So. So when they're saying it was a COVID, because I mean, we've all heard they get funding for every COVID patient they have and every COVID death that they, ha- or, you know, in the beginning we were told that if anybody was incubated, they, there was extra money in it. So it, I think that's the myth that a lot of people, it's like, are these numbers real? We I also know. know stories of people, like I have three or four <laughs> friends that this happened to them where they needed treatment, but because of certain mandates at the time, mm-hmm. they couldn't do anything elective, which there were still some people that needed something may be considered elective, but they still needed like a cancer treatment or whatever it was. So I know of somebody that was, they wrote down that they had COVID so they can get them into the hospital. And so that was, I mean, you know, this person too, the one that I'm talking about, but I mean, I feel like those, which I have no problem with that, I guess, but, but I mean, it does count. You're talking about one person for sure. <laughs> like, well, I, I know and mistakes you, but yeah. are made, and yes, like I don't know, has some lab sent a positive test to something that's like, I I don't think anybody's intentionally doing anything. That's just what I isn't that to funny how we assume that though? Because I think what you just said is the perfect answer. You guys, these healthcare no, people people care. They don't. They're not doing that. It's not yes. all about money. It's not all about. She, I mean, she volunteered for this. Yes. And these, the doctors I work with who are so smart, right. like they are going to do anything in their power to all the tools we have to save your loved one. Like it is, right. it has been impressing me, even though it is a, such a hard disease to treat. Like, right. so what does your day look like? I mean, as you're yeah. in the, the ICU in the Corona, what is it called? COVID ICU. The COVID, just the COVID ICU. What does a day look like? Like what extra precautions do you have to do? Uh You know, what does that look like? What are you wearing? Like what, what kind of, I mean, I imagine you're in a hole. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. That sounded weird. What are you wearing? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I meant? (laughs) Dang it. No, it can get, it gets, yeah, pretty technical and donning and doffing and the whole thing. But so the COVID ICU, it's actually a surge ICU. So it's, we're housing like extra patients and we've been full the past couple months. Um, so it's an extra ICU on top of that's just made up What that you've been full for a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lie. <laughs> I'm and, joking people. Uh, and, yeah, no. And okay. So, and then there's almost like a, so 
There's so the on. clean side. Sorry. Sorry, so really quick, you've been full. How is it normal for ICUs to be full? Because that's something else I've heard. Like everyone keeps talking about the ICUs are almost full, but then like you'll hear reports of, well, they're always almost full. Is that true at all? Okay. Uh, and it, so this is a hard question. Um, so in the summer, the MICU medical ICU would not always be full. Okay. They're going to be more full during the winter season when there's more respiratory illnesses and yeah. those types of things going around. Um, obviously the COVID ICU never existed before. So this is an extra ICU. That was a question I was going to ask. This is a totally separate ICU uh-huh. from the normal. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, the, the thing about full, so it, it is, do you have enough staff to staff these patients who are needing a super high level of care so is it not always full? Is that, was that your question? Mm-hmm. I mean, you always have to have, maybe not have to, but you always want a bed or two open for the crazy one that's flying from Wyoming, you know, like. Right. Uh, yeah. But I guess that, that question is kind of, maybe it's not relevant to the whole, because it's a separate ICU, right? Do most hospitals have a separate ICU for COVID? Well, yeah, and they've. I mean, now I think, right. and there's all kinds of like surge plans and stuff to be able to open, but you need the staff permit and staff are coming from all over the organization to help staff this ICU. Um, and does that answer your question? Yeah, for sure. No, it's just, it's just one of those things that like people <clears throat> will say that and talk about it and they don't. Like, there's no way, like, I always say, like, trust but verify. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's no way to really know what's behind it. So, it's interesting to hear, you know, like, yeah, we have to, it's extra staff, extra units. So, yeah, we are obviously busier now, more staff, more patients now than before. Right. It's all numbers, you guys. For sure. If there's more people that have COVID, there is a, the same, maybe the same percentage, but that still means more people that need hospital level care. Yeah. And so... Uh, sorry. So I totally got you distracted. So now you're good. So your day. So what, so what happened? Oh yeah. So I show up, I get in my COVID scrubs and then there's kind of the clean side. There's a, an anteroom or a middle room and then a dirty side or the unit. Okay. And are COVID scrubs different than everyday scrubs? No. Okay. Carhartt. <laughs> they're, I guess they're like you wouldn't, like you don't walk out in them though. Like yeah. you, you know. They stay and get right. cleaned and whatever. Uh, but no, the the typical or the the thing is we wear pappers. So it's positive air. So I have like a machine on my back, a belt, and it's connected to a hose that's connected to a hood uh-huh. over my face that is... I can imagine like a hazmat suit. Yeah. So it's continually... Um, Filtering. Filtering the air, yeah. Okay. Because when I go in the unit that's considered dirty air, all these patients are sharing sure. that out. And, you know, gown, gloves. Um, and this papper doesn't come off at all. Wow. So, so you're in that, that all day. Annoying. Well, I, I take my hats off to the nurses. You know, they get their breaks and stuff, but you can't drink with it on. You can't right. pee with it on. Like, it's, it's like always this, should I take that? 
extra sip of coffee before I go in <laughs> versus like right. uh, before I put the scuba gear on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a process, and then taking it off, obviously, like that's one of the higher risks of contamination. So you just have to be super diligent and you can't just take it off to go like no drink some water. I mean, yeah. it's a process to take. Yeah, off, cleaning right? and removing and recleaning and uh, and so. Has there been a shortage of like supplies mm-hmm. in that area for you guys? So not uh, not that I've experienced. Okay. Early on, we were doing things like saving masks just in case we needed to reuse them and those types of things. Um, but I have never been in need of something I needed to feel safe Okay. Uh, with where I work, which I'm grateful for. I know like the wipes, the Sani wipes and stuff, there's always a sign like... Use carefully. Right. Don't steal. Yeah. So, like, what about like your day to day life as a mom and a wife? I know. Like, how has that yeah. changed? Um. Maybe we should ask Brighton. Right. <laughs> mom's been a little. A mom's worked more for sure. Yeah. Um. And uh, like, are you having to like completely change the way you live so you don't risk exposure so you don't come and you know what no, i mean like no is it- that's fair so i'm pretty aware of uh yes if i recently worked and kind of i personally am more worried about ever infecting someone else um i'm super grateful for the ages my kids are just because we know this virus isn't as deadly you know in the younger group and my kids are younger um but i imagine for your job you've got to be vigilant right because you don't want to contract yeah i mean and that's where like for me it's not hard like i'm used to it i'm very aware of what touches what like my first thought when i grabbed this was like when's the last time they sanitized this thing i mean we're pretty good (laughs) every month or so but but so then i touch it i don't know the answer to that and now i know i need to sanitize my hands with before i touch my mask like my point is is i feel like but is that something like you've always done Oh, it's been heightened for sure. Okay. I would say. And probably for most people, I'm hopefully we all become more like hygienic. I mean it never hurts. I I could go O C D pretty quick. So like I'm trying (laughs) I'm trying to curb that, but uh no, I do feel like I when you walked in. (laughs) I just you know I do feel like I could uh be do things and be safe, but not I don't go out of my way to I don't know. Does that answer your question? For sure. Yeah. I, I'm just always curious. You can't completely shut it down. I mean, and that that's what I wondered. Are medical people... Because like you hear stories of... like I've and Once again, you hear stories. Right. <laughs> but it's like uh, they had to rent a camper because they couldn't even see their family on their breaks. You know what I mean? So like they're living separately from family. Like why is that real? I mean, I guess that's a necessary precaution. You mean healthcare workers? Yeah. Right. And I think, like, we don't know who their family are. Like, yeah. if I lived with grandma, yeah, you better believe I would have, like, a change all my clothes, sanitize everything in the garage. But I actually probably wouldn't live with grandma right. now that Just I'm even saying that. Like, yeah. um, no, it's a very real... And that's, again, for everybody to determine, but it's also not about you. So, um, like me just working on the COVID unit and then getting on an airplane, like, like, I don't know, 
that doesn't seem fair, you know, uh, situation, but that's where I've landed. Yeah. There are call, work colleagues that are much stricter. Um, is it something you guys internally talk a lot about? No, what about because testing? just like on the outside, you feel judged no matter yeah. which way you are. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably, I didn't your kids that. are in school. Oh, whoa. you know, like, yeah, so it's the same. So are you guys able to test yourselves more often or is it becoming easier to make it so like, I know that if I go home, I can test myself just kind of make sure or. So that's the, that's. So the answer is no, we get tested if we're symptomatic. Um, Interesting. But the problem, not the problem with testing because it's what we have, but there is such a big incubation period with this virus that testing almost provides too much of a, um, like a... Default sense of security? Yeah, because say you have a contact, a known exposure this day and you get tested five days later, but the incubation period is 10 days. Interesting. And you get a negative test here and start living your life and then your symptoms show up on day 10, like uh, people, that's not how it's supposed to work. So we actually don't recommend testing while you're asymptomatic. You just have to do the 10-day post-exposure quarantine. But people don't do that, right? So the answer to your question is no, we don't get tested regularly unless we're symptomatic. Hmm. Why do you think the testing has, I mean, been such a challenge? Is it just we've never experienced such a mass, like, crazy amount like uh-huh. a demand mm-hmm. or like because that's something that i am always surprised at is one the number of types of tests you know you got the one where they poke your brain <laughs> you know you can spit in i've heard that you can spit in a cup you have the rapid results like all of these different yeah. things and it's 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 crazy that we're not closer to like and maybe we are i just don't know like some type of uniform testing yeah and like a result, over the counter like something quicker I've, I've always thought it was kind of crazy that we could create a vaccine as fast as we did, but we still don't have masks, like good masks or tests. Like I would imagine the testing is, but I guess you're right. The incubation period, like I never really thought about that. So the testing isn't really that effective. No, and, to be, yeah, you know, to get the, to get the answers you're looking for, like, am I safe to be around grandma? Um, you would have to test yourself every day. Yeah until you're vaccinated. But even then you could, you're saying that you can still test, you can still get a negative, but it could still show up. I mean, it could still show up a few days later. Yeah. But as long as you test negative that day, are you okay to be with that person that day? Or are you technically? I don't think you should think that way now. Right. Okay. I, yeah. If you've had a known exposure, right? This is all like... So if you don't know that you've had a, a, you know, you haven't been exposed to it, let's say that for all you know, everything's fine, Mm -hmm. right? But I test myself today to go hang out with my grandma Mm -hmm. without any known exposure. Mm -hmm. Is that safe or could I still? So if I... Maybe I'm not clear. Maybe I'm not. I I guess I'm just asking like, can you have it and still test negatively? Yeah, so that's the other thing. So these tests is all about like the sensitivity and specificity of the test. And that has there's been a big range right. on all of these things depending on how it's done. Um which has been challenging, right? Oh, I tested negative. Oh, I'm fine. So 
to, and this is where I do feel like there are some things we can do. You test negative, cool. That doesn't mean you get to go sit in grandma's house maskless for right. two hours. Right. Like you can go have a mask on, stay six feet apart and be outside. And even if you test positive later that night, like you would have very little chance of passing it. Exactly. If you stick to and all so, those simple. Yes. Washing your hands, you know, before you go in there and, and above everything, like if you feel sick, if you're having any symptoms whatsoever, like don't. This is the one that has me pissed off with people. <laughs> what? Well, so many people go out and just think like, it's just a cold. I'm good. And they go out. Like, I think we're right now we're at a point where it's like, if you feel anything, you just stay home. Mm-hmm. Like we never got tested. Like I didn't see the point. There was no treatment for it. There was like, I was okay, but I took the quarantine thing very seriously. Like we kept our whole family home Mm -hmm. for 14 days. Mm -hmm. I didn't need a test to tell me that. I mean, I had zero taste or smell and my nose was not stuffy. (laughs) I I tried to sniff a (laughs) can of gasoline and didn't smell a dang thing. I'm like, this is COVID. So we're just going to stay home. And we kept the kids home. But it's amazing how many people justify doing the opposite. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like you said, if we're in that right now, currently one in 57, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty decent I mean, you're going to have more chance, than that right? people walking in your restaurant today, right? I, I just want them all to stay out. No, no. Yes. <laughs> please come to my restaurant. Please. <laughs> it's okay. We're, we're wearing masks. But yeah, I mean, it's affected us too. And it's, yeah. but I, at some point, and maybe the vaccine is that point, but at some point, when do we just say like, we can't. At some point, we've got to figure out how to live with it, right? Uh Without being, like, I don't think we can sustain the level of restriction that we even have now. You know, it's, you're seeing it really affect younger kids now. Like, we're really starting to see the effects of being away from their their classrooms and being away from other kids. You're seeing parents going insane because their kids are home Mm -hmm. all day, every day. At what point do we have to just say this is like the flu and try to evolve with it? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, do you get what I'm saying? I do. And I don't have an answer. Um, it's not like the flu, by the way. Right. Well, <laughs> Let's just... I, and I'm not relating it to the flu. I'm just saying like with, with influenza. No, you're like, you treat go it on. Like mm-hmm. we're going to, you're going to get the flu every couple years. It's just, and this is what you do when you get it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the amount of businesses that are shutting down and, and go, like, at mm-hmm. what point do we? So there's a lot the of different ways. Yeah, I'm very us. hopeful with the vaccine. Right. I really am. Have you? Have you, I got, uh-huh. you got it, right? Yeah, I got my first shot. How are you feeling? Fine. I was, yeah, I didn't have any side effects. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I know. It was Were a you a little day. nervous when you got it? No. No, not at all? Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So the damage, unfortunately, I think has been done. So even if like all restrictions were let loose, I, people are still going to be nervous about things, um, which is fair. The other side of it is kind of the healthcare system and how that affects the economy. So if we're letting this thing fly and I've got the 40 to 70 year olds in my ICU and now dad is disabled and can't work for his family because he got COVID. Like there's, you know. For sure. Um, 
so I am like, this is a little bit of a moot point now because we do have a vaccine. Right. And, but I still think we're very far from people we are, like, being okay no, I've with had the to vaccine. Give, well, okay. Yeah, that's fine. But the people who should be worried about getting COVID, I think are the ones that will be getting it. For sure. And the, like, that's, you know, uh, so that's fair. Um, do you think all this, all the, the concern with the vaccine, there's been the kind of this anti-vaccine movement going on for a few years before any of this, but this one seems to be, I yeah, think, uh, I think people are it's just, just not the, the speed in which it was created. Well, but what's funny is that's the speed we could create everything if there wasn't bureaucracy. And so that's kind of what I think with this. It's like, and this is, this is, dan- right. This is dangerous enough that it's like, Hey, we're pulling out all the bureaucratic crap and we're just going to let this thing fly through. We could probably create vaccines that fast for just about everything if everyone was focused on it the way they have been. Well, I also heard another thing that's helped it move faster is so many people have it uh, that you can test it and you can get results much quicker right. than any other type of, you know. And thousands of the smartest scientists in the entire world. Yeah. Just all on, on one thing. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> Hopefully everybody knows that's my joke. Just keep saying, that's so, I mean, for people that are like nervous about the vaccine, do you mm-hmm. get that in the hospital? Like are people nervous to get it or is everyone pretty excited? I mean, so we're like phase one A or whatever, right? Yeah. And right. so you've got all the healthcare workers who have seen the sickest of the sick COVID patients for the last eight months like there's no question in anybody's brain and it's a really like um it's almost like like a weight has been lifted like just a really positive feeling inside the hospital yeah Yeah. how you would feel about the vaccine if you see what these guys see every day yeah i can't imagine you just be like uh, where's the truck like (laughs) let's go i'm in And, and it's very true like it's now what now the vaccine for for most people mm-hmm. like me i had it mm-hmm. everything's fine like is that as good as the vaccine i know so we still is, don't know right um yeah we have no idea we uh, i was just listening to something on the way down here where the vaccine might last a little bit longer than if you got a covid infection right and furthermore but we don't know that we also don't know if you've gotten the vaccine can you not get the virus, but can you be a carrier and give it to someone else eventually? Right. So like, it's There's not going to stop me from wearing a mask type of a thing. And then, um, so what, what are kind of expectations then like internally from the medical world, like with the vaccine starting to roll out, mm-hmm. like what are like realistic expectations? Is it that it slows it down? Is it, you know, that people can start to lift some of the restrictions? Like, like, in in your world, what does the vaccine like look like down the road? Um, getting rid of COVID nineteen. Okay, like, like you think we can eradicate it completely? I don't. That specific strain, I don't see why we can't. Okay, interesting. That makes me happy to hear. Actually, <laughs> so and then like you're kind of you're you're also like it's herd immunity, right? But at a forced or a immunization level. Yeah. And then, so you wonder, does the herd immunity count for those that have recovered from it just naturally? And yeah. with the, I guess it and would that's just where we don't know. More, right? I know it's so tough. And then it's the question because there's such a large spectrum on the severity of illness, like those asymptomatic 
people may not, they clearly didn't build up as big of an immune response. So do they have as like sturdy of antibodies that protects them from reinfection as somebody who got really sick and mounted That's more of an immune so response? So the symptoms, I mean, obviously the more symptoms, the harder your immune system has to work to fight it off. I mean. Is that how it is with most things? So, and that's like super, that's super simple. And I actually don't know if I'm saying the right thing. It just, that makes sense in my head. Right. Because the couple instances that I've heard of, of reinfection, like from China and stuff, the first, the first positive test was from an asymptomatic person. And then they, anyways. I was reading about Wuhan yesterday. Like they're sending out tourist brochures now, like. No masks, fully reopened. Like, I don't know if that's true or not, but I mean, it was very, it was New York Times where I read it, but I just thought that was really interesting. Like how, like what's different about, I mean, it's a city of 11 million people. Mm-hmm. Like how come they're at a point where they can just, like, I guess they had a 76 day lockdown. Like you couldn't leave your home. Yeah. So I, I don't know. But I mean, you're trying to invite tourists and I don't think that would be smart, right? So, I mean, they gave it to everybody. Maybe we should send some COVID people back in there, but it's, (laughs) well, I mean, wasn't it created in a lab? I mean, I don't think that's Instagram hearsay. I think that's been, no, yes, Bobby, let's talk about this. No, I'm not the expert on this. Bobby, come on. How do you feel? Who'd you vote for? I'm just kidding. Um, so I want to know what's been like the mental health of the healthcare workers. Like, yeah. like, yeah, like what has that been like having to experience it every single day, you know, but like the hardest and the nastiest part of it. Uh, I don't know. Like we have had a lot of support. We, we get emails probably weekly, like, Hey, if you need extra help, this type of thing, I don't know how many people are utilizing that or needing that. Uh, there is also some, um, I guess there's like, go ahead. ahead. There's a part of it where if you're in the IC, you're, you kind of see that always. Oh, totally. These patients, right? Yes. These people, but like, there's also a feeling of satisfaction, but also I'm doing something and, and a little bit of like control over this COVID situation. Like at least I'm. I'm doing something instead of like, I think I would have a lot harder time like, Oh, I guess I'm just going to sit around and wait till I get, you know, whereas like I, and there's a lot of satisfaction that comes from that. But, uh, but it is a lot of like the illness is super hard because these patients are really sick for a long time and not getting better. You know, when did you know you wanted to do all this? I don't think I've ever asked you that as as a friend. So when I met Bobby, you were playing women's soccer at BYU. Uh-huh. You were like top five in the nation when you played. Yes. You guys were. No, see my rock, Coach Rockwood bobblehead over there showing my respect? But when did you know? Because you have, you know, it's funny. For those anybody that knows her and her husband, I don't think you can get a more perfect <laughs> match. Like, they're kind of perfect for each other. Like, they're both two of the most like physically and mentally strong people that I know and they're very competitive and they're just kind of badasses. <laughs> but I never really, you know, we knew each other. I mean, some of the greatest vacations I've ever had in my life were because of Bobby. <laughs> but I never really talked to you about that. Like, is that what you always wanted to do was yeah. be in the medical field? 
Um, not necessarily. And I don't have, I don't think this is a good story. Like there wasn't. You have just, a tendency to think that about a lot of things, Bobby. Right. But well, we'll I be, don't, we, we will be the judge of that. Thank okay? you. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't. So my mom's side of the family has a bunch of medical people and not so much on my dad's side. Uh, I think I liked the idea of helping people, but also like staying grounded a little right. bit to real humans and real experiences. I And I became a nurse. And, and also I was trying, I remember being logical, like I'm a woman, I need to be able to take care of myself. Um, I need a career right. type of thing. And then once I became a nurse, I guess I just like information. I like learning. I like being good at what I'm doing. And it was kind of the, the natural next step to become a nurse practitioner. Did you know that around that time? Like when we got to know each other, like college? No, I don't think I thought very hard about any of it. I just was like. So after you graduated college, you got your bachelor's. That's when it, it started. Yeah. I was like, I got to, yeah, I got to figure out what Interesting. I'm going to do. Because if you think about it, you're wired perfectly to do what you're doing. Right. Do you think that? But you're just tough. You're tough. Like you're, you have a tough, very logical, you know, but you also have a really good, how do I say this? That is sounding weird. Like you have a very sweet side to you. Like you have, like I imagine your bedside <laughs> manner. It's this perfect kind of mix of this just tough can handle anything person. Very smart, but also compassionate, compassionate. Yeah. Thank right? you, Cam. Anyway. No, people very rarely see my sweet side. I've seen it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I don't think that's totally true. I think since you've been a mom, I, I think being a mom kind of brings that out of people too. Cause that's the hard, I still say it's the hardest job on earth, but yeah, it's hard. It's, you know, especially when Brighton's your first one, <laughs> Bobby, Bobby Brandon jr. She's really both of you junior, right? Mm-hmm. Brighton's awesome. But her daughter Brighton is in here with us. If, I guess I should clarify that, but I just always wondered that. I didn't know because I knew you. I thought you were just a nurse. I it's I I kind of feel like an idiot not knowing that you were on another a level. A baller. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Baller. I mean, I already knew she was a baller. <laughs> trust me. But it's I'm I'm always kind of fascinated to hear that. That's a type of profession that you really have to want to do it. I think to pursue because to to pursue it just because of what it takes to get there. Yeah. Right? No, it's been awesome. And like, there's so much variety within the medical field that, uh, you know, if you want to learn something else or right. like, it's a, it's neat. So is this, is this shaped your, I don't know, I guess what I'm trying to ask is this experience with COVID changed your plans at all for the future as far as what, part of the medical field you want to be no. in or you just want to help. Yeah. I want That's to be good really at my job. I right. want to help. What would you say is like the number one thing you've learned? Cause you talk about, you enjoy learning and yeah. you want to, that's kind of why you volunteered. Like, Ugh. is there like a main takeaway? No, <laughs> my brain like hurts so <laughs> bad at the end of every day. Yeah. Because so patients are so um, that was going to be the question. So different. Yeah. People are just in general like getting more complicated uh, because we do have amazing healthcare, but that also allows people to 
have access to information. We'll be sick and still be alive. Right. And, uh, Ooh, that's interesting. Yeah. And, uh, that'd be a fun wormhole to go down. What I am hopeful for, and I think we've seen a little bit of this, but, uh, there was, it has gotten, people have stopped taking responsibility for their health a little bit. And, just assuming that we can fix everything and oh take this pill and oh take that pill and not understanding that it's not that simple ever and this is something talking about like get healthy yeah with this corona is but whose like, fault is that and you know what i mean because well, there's your, a whole lot of money on the other side of it too so you sure. kind of oh, wonder yeah advertising you know? to you tell yeah we're the no. only country in the world where it's legal to advertise prescription drugs on tv do you know that uh-huh. The only one in the world, but it's like every other commercial. I hate the actors in those commercials. I don't know why. Cause yeah. it's just like they're acting. I don't know if they know, like when you're throwing that baseball, we're talking about you having like a massive hemorrhoid condition <laughs> or, you know, do you think they know when they're filming those commercials <laughs> that they have herpes in the commercial? Well, for the first, not the first time, but in a long time, like this is the first time you're coming to the medical field and we're saying, sorry, we have no idea what to do right. or yeah. how to fix this. But if you maybe were a little bit healthier before you got it, you could have had a better outcome, you know, which is right. like, so. You're like, hey, you want me to get anything from the vending machine? <laughs> well, the point is, is I, like, I have heard of a lot of patients who immediately stopped smoking in March, you know, and. For sure. And I think that maybe if they recognize that, yeah, we can't fix everything. Uh, and I do need to take a little bit more responsibility for making sure no matter what comes. I'm Give you I'm my a best self better chance. Yeah. Okay. Stop I don't know. Out. That's what Joe Rogan talks about all the time. He's just like, stop freaking out about it. Just get active. Take your vitamin D, which I think yeah, that's been debunked you- already now, but where they, they vitamin D was the one they were talking about like crazy vitamin D zinc. Yeah. But now they've kind of found out that maybe it doesn't prevent it as much as they thought, but obviously still a great thing to take. But I think most people are in general deficient in vitamin D. And so if you just get back to where you normally should be, right, Right. then that's maybe. Right. No, I think it's important. Has your opinion evolved as time has gone on or maybe if you've experienced it more or do you feel like you've kind of always felt the same way about it? Yeah, I'm always, I feel like. Yeah. How do you not become cynical towards people dealing with that all the time? I know. I I guess I just I see both sides and even within my family there's, you know, like sure. pretty uh crazy opposites and so everybody has different things that they have to deal with, right? Well, and, we and they all have their own circumstances. So I I truly right. try not to judge right. and I truly like and then I just yeah. But no, I would say I've I've stayed pretty gray. Like I do recognize that we have to live our lives and I want my kids to have healthy, you know, relation like, um, social life and yeah. Right. But I think you can also do those in a somewhat safe way. Like you don't have to be belligerent and, um, see, I think that's a super important reminder. And I think because those it's not th- all or nothing. Yes. It's, it's not like I've stayed home since March. Yeah. Right. You know, right. like. And people, I think people look at it ugh, whenever I hear or see a YouTube video of somebody like quoting the 1964 civil, like civil liberty law about the mask. Oh, 
I just want to strangle them. Like, seriously? Like, you are spitting on the people that fought for that. I mean, civil liberty, really? For a mask? It's... I think it's good for us to hear from people like you that are actually in it, where it's just like, look, guys, it helps. Like, Mm -hmm. it helps wear a mask. Don't shut your life down. But don't... The mask is not the end of the world. I really struggle with it sometimes, but I've gotten to the point now where it's like, I get it. It's not... but Yeah, and then it's not about you. I had this experience. I had a patient I was caring for in the ICU. It was an older lady, maybe late mid-70s. And she... uh, she ended up doing okay, but she did need, she was there for a couple of weeks on a lot of oxygen. And one day I came in her room, she was feeling better and she starts going off about the, uh, the person going the wrong way in the grocery store aisle, <laughs> like swearing, like, can you believe this? You know? And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, that was me yesterday. Like <laughs> I was going the wrong way. Cause I just, you don't look at the things, you we know, drive on the right, Bobby, and I, walk on the right. I remember getting, uh, I remember getting really annoyed by this grandma who looked at me really horribly and was like, please notice the arrows next time, you know? Right. And I was like, oh, you're in a bad mood. Oh, you're talking about the COVID era. Like now that they have you one go, way. Yeah. Yes. See, I was just, to me, that's common sense anywhere. Like. Oh, the right side. No, yes. I'm talking no. like you can okay. only go one direction it's in like, the supermarket. Sure. It's like downtown Chicago. It's all one-way street. Absolutely. Right. Anyways, now I get it. this patient is telling me this, and I'm like recently annoyed that grandma yelled at me at the grocery store. <laughs> and I was like, but she was so, like her worst nightmare came true. And, you know, she's in the ICU. And again, she did fine, but like she in her mind was relating it to these, Those people, these people who are imposing, you know, their rules, and they're not—they're uh, not to irritate you or to make you mad, and they actually or to do, control you. Well, they actually do help a lot of people feel more comfortable. And Grandma might live by herself and is the only one that can go out and get groceries, and so she has to. Anyways, right. my point is, is I now follow the arrows because I'm like, <laughs> okay, Bobby, that is an easy thing, like. Yeah. You'd, you know, and just kind of little things like that. Well, and I would imagine, like I've heard this from a few police officer friends lately, that everyone's an attorney, right? Like with things that they're dealing with right now, like they can't just simply speak to some, everybody speaks down to them like they know more than they do. Um, Are you seeing any of that? I would imagine. I mean, that's been for a while now, ever since like Google WebMD. and whatever. Yeah. Like just I'm the, always up against. Oh, the hypochondriac. They come in and tell Dream. you what's wrong. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> but you don't see that any worse, though, with COVID? Like, I would imagine, because so many people have such strong opinions about COVID and treatment and masks. Oh, we've taken care of a handful of people who have COVID, bad COVID, and we discharge them, and they still don't believe they had COVID. Oh, <laughs> like, my gosh. <laughs> I okay, I get. I mean... Wow. Uh, yeah. So, like, it's not, we're not making this up. Like, we don't want this any more than you do. I'm not, uh, yeah, it's great. For sure. You would love to get back to doing what you're doing before, probably. Yeah. And I, I feel for everyone else who's suffering on some level or another. Do you have friends in different <laughs> states that in the same position as you? Um, Maybe a couple, like, like that I went to school with. Like, our, our experience is different depending on the state you're living. Oh yeah, I think so. And yeah. also 
kind of the surge, right? So a bunch of our doctors here actually flew out and helped in New York, right? Um, they were paying, right? Wasn't it a pretty good... I remember some nurses that got paid quite a bit to go out there for a few weeks. Yeah. Which is awesome for them. I mean, that's also like, that's not new, right? So even like when you deploy firefighters to go help a wildfire, like they're getting paid really well too. And yeah. Anyways, um, what was your question? Like, is it? Oh yeah, it's different. different. I think Utah's handled it really well. It's obviously my only experience. Yeah. Um, Isn't that interesting? But we like you don't hear that very much. Like, of course, you don't hear it because people are just negative online and where you hear things. But you know, generally, you just all I hear is people pissed at the governor or pissed at this or pissed at that. So it's kind of cool to hear you say that you think that the states handled it pretty well. Yeah, I mean, there's probably a lot of my colleagues who would argue like schools should never have started back up. Um, I mean, that's essentially when we started to see the the rise, right? And so... Um, but do you think the benefit... Maybe you don't want to answer this, but do you think the benefit outweighs, you know, with kids and so you know socializing? Yeah. I mean, maybe colleges... But man, I, I'm really struggling with this age group being out of school. Yeah. I mean, I guess our kids are mostly back in school, but it's still, I don't know. I, I, I can see it. Like I, especially my sons, Yeah. like they're hitting a wall right now. And, and I think a lot of, there's just, there's no hockey right now. There's no sport. Like they've shut sports down for kids. Yeah. And if they haven't mandated it, a lot of places are just doing it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's like the days are short. It gets dark at five o'clock. Like they're going nuts. Yeah. So I don't know. I know. Before the vaccine, did you guys have like light at the end of the tunnel or has the vaccine provided that for you? The vaccines provided that. Yeah. Is that because we're not even close to like herd immunity numbers wise. Yeah. Not even close. And so, but is this, is this kind of Uh re-energizing the health space? Mm -hmm. Like the, all the workers like, okay, we're making progress finally. Cause I, I would imagine that for a while it probably felt like, I don't know if we're making a lot of, cause we're still learning and yeah. we don't have answers and we don't have a treatment, you know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, I, I, yes, I would agree with all of that. Um, that, that the vaccine has provided that yeah. for sure. That's good to hear. You, it's two, you have to get two shots, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how long do you have to wait till the second one? Three weeks. Three weeks. Oh, so that bad. would be my only other thing I would say. Yes, the vaccine has provided a lot of hope, but um, I don't think things will be changing anytime soon. Mm-hmm. Like I think we'll be, because so three weeks later you get a second vaccine and then it's two to three weeks for like full immunity, right? So that's a six week process too. Yeah. So like um, just for me being one of the first uh, and then to get the general public and the people who need it vaccinate the other people who need it vaccinated. So are they talking about who, I mean, are they wanting the more the merrier that get it? Or is it, I guess we kind of covered this earlier, but is it, are there groups of people that just don't need to worry about it, about getting it? I, I mean, I don't think anybody's going to force you to get the vaccine, even right. on my end. Like it wasn't like, Hey, like, you had access to it, but it's not like you yeah, had to take nobody it. was forcing me to... See, that's interesting, too. To get I it. I bet a lot of people are just... At least the foil hatters, right? Are um, just thinking like, oh, they're forcing it on our healthcare workers. They have to get it. But you didn't. For me... It wasn't forced. No, on yeah. For right. me... Uh, so even, even though... 
I th- I think I would handle COVID fine because I'm fairly young and healthy. Um, He's a badass. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, and if I didn't, in my mind, that was like, if I needed ICU, like that was between me and God, right? And I was, uh, but where was I going with that? Just the people getting vaccinated or who, who needs to, who doesn't need to? That was the original question. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Hey, it's okay. I lost my train of thought. So I, okay, we'll get back to it. So be brutally honest. On okay. a scale of one to 10, uh-huh. how irresponsible is it for me to really want the jazz to let people go to games this year? Uh, <laughs> like all the seats full. Well, how else are we going to pay those two? <laughs> like, didn't they both just get $200 million contracts? Yeah. We got to sell some tickets. Yeah. Very irresponsible. <laughs> like just, I mean, like that's how the virus is transmitted. Yeah, for sure. Um, close spaces, people you don't know screaming and spitting out their mouth that's landing on you especially jazz fans they're obnoxious people <laughs> yeah they they are. scream and spit a lot yep so I've, I've mentioned you've mentioned it's funny i feel like over the last few months i have felt that there's been more of a focus on droplets like more of it being mm-hmm. airborne you've mentioned touch a lot like you've mentioned oh. sanitizing surfaces is that the ocd talking or <laughs> Is that still a very, very real well, so droplets transmission land. problem? Right. But they don't, I mean. So bigger droplets like gravity, they land on things. Right. Also, you're touching stuff and then you're touching other things. Um, but I would argue like, well, I would hope very few people are maskless and coughing, which is what you could inhale. Sure. Right. And so for me being out in public, I would, I would hope you're not coming out sick and then. So the biggest risk is um, like bigger droplets from touching. So it still can absolutely, like if you touch it with your hand, a droplet and rub your eye. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how long it lives on surfaces. I think I used to hear I feel like in the beginning, they talked a lot, you know, people were doing things like not touching their groceries that got delivered for 24 hours. They were were quarantining food. Mm -hmm. Right. And I know there's still some people that do that, but for the most part, I feel like the whole droplet or like transmitting it by touching something yeah that has kind of gone away i feel like they're not talking about that as much but yeah. you you have been so well and maybe i miss like droplet and airborne we right. take i precautions airborne mask so is this more contagious than other viruses yeah i'm pretty sure yeah i mean I, I, i've heard that too i just which is like that's what the virus is going for. Like that's true. good on it, you know? Right. And then it also like wants to make you sick. So you spew it all over. So it keeps living, but it doesn't want to kill you too quickly or too, you know, because then it dies too. So like, it's a pretty, uh, from a virus perspective, it's, it's kind of weird humanizing a virus like that. <laughs> like that's kind of an interesting way to look at it. Like it's a pretty good virus, man. He's pretty good. <laughs> he does a really good job. That's that's crazy. Well, I think this has been a great reminder because we need to. It's good to get different perspective from well, someone who's yeah. in it, and a and a perspective from somebody that's actually like in it every day. Oh, um, but not like say. crazy dramatic. Very not dramatic. It was awesome. Sorry, you remembered. Yeah, this is going back. So, so for me, knowing these kind of weird long term sequela, right. I think we're going to get more information on that. Will the vaccine? 
also eliminate those risks. That was important for me. I don't want the you long term chronic risks? headaches, chronic okay. fatigue, like um, these things that there's probably things we don't even know about that yeah, will start coming to light uh-huh. maybe over time. And so even though again, I feel like I would do fine if I got the virus. Um, I was excited to hopefully prevent some of those things. And you probably, I mean, are you hearing more and more? I imagine, I don't know how they pass information on to you guys or if it's more up to you personally to, to go out and actively search it. But do you notice new information coming in quite frequently as far as new things that they've learned or is it still with how to treat it or what do you just all of it like understanding i mean there are so i know like the cdc did shorten their quarantine recently Mm -hmm. from like 10 to 14 to 7 to 10 Mm -hmm. which i don't like like because they're always going to take the lower number you can't say 7 to 10 (laughs) 7 doesn't do it right you just need to say 10 i don't think they would say it if it didn't do it well But, but why 7 to 10 because so it's seven days plus 24 hours of no symptoms so it could be up to oh okay but if you're still having symptoms at day seven like still coughing and stuff then you are automatically extending are you extending seven days from that day no okay so once you're past seven you need to go a full 24 hours without symptoms before you're good to go out Uh see that's what they should freaking say not seven to (laughs) ten you say seven to 24 hours symptom free so I'm not mad at you, Andrew. I'm sorry. I'm looking at you while I say this. <laughs> he's, he's looking guilty over there. Well, I really appreciate you talking about this stuff. I'm sure that I don't know if I'd be excited to talk about barbecue with somebody on a podcast just because it's your job, right? But yeah, I mean, I definitely feel, but I think you're helping people by doing this. Like I'll be surprised if people listen. It's fine. I won't see. I think this one's actually going to be a pretty popular one. People will be really interested to hear your perspective because we don't have our perspectives come from government people, which nobody trusts the news, which nobody, nobody trusts. trusts at all. The internet, nobody which trusts. They're a bunch of idiots. Like we don't really get like frontline information from somebody. Well, the that's fact that the world we live in, that you have, and I'm not choosing sides, but you're just stating facts. You have the president says one thing. Science says one thing. This person says this thing. It's just like... It's all over the place. And then you don't know anybody who's been affected seriously from it. So it's like, okay. That's in my world, too. In my world, it's not that bad. Yep. For some people's world, it's terrible. And those are the people I'm seeing. And it... Yeah, it's a strong it's reminder. Terrible. And like, I get that it's maybe not that bad in your world. I really do. But again... It's your world. Yeah. Exactly. Like your reality is not reality, right? It is right. for you. But I think that's the hardest thing for people to realize and recognize is, yeah, it might not have been bad for me, but for this person it was. So mask up. And we live on a planet with other people. Yeah. Like too many of them. <laughs> Way too many. Just kidding. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. No, seriously. No, I... This was awesome. Thanks for coming. You're welcome. See, when I text Bobby the other day, it was it was kind of a no to start. <laughs> and then she warmed up to it. And I think, I think you're doing here what you do for like this will help a lot of people. And I think it will kind of help people maybe hopefully reassert themselves in being smart with social distancing for now. Yeah. Wearing their masks out in public and just, just doing those little things that can help. Because it's true. Like the vaccine is going to help. Mm-hmm. but it's kind of going along the lines of what you said about, you know, 
people need to more be more proactive about their health. Mm-hmm. Like the vaccine's not going to instantly fix everything. So I, what I'm worried about are people are going to start seeing numbers dropping because now we're in the one thousands every day. Mm-hmm. Vaccines here. So are people going to start? Cause I think we all want to get back to normal. Totally. Right. And I think that that's coming. I really do. Um, but I think the the better we are at doing the things we're supposed to be doing, the faster that will mm-hmm. happen. Let's just shoot for the 4th of July. <laughs> like if we're all good, maybe. Between all the sunlight and the vaccine, maybe. But anyway, thanks, Bobby. You're, You're welcome. You. So fun. <laughs>